Rada Mitchell on the fishbowl. Thank you so much for taking the time to swim in the bowl with me. Oh, my pleasure. Where are we swimming, by the way? Uh, I am located in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh oh, cool. Yeah. Hey, across across the country. Yeah, yeah. Great. How's it going in Pittsburgh? You know, for it, it decided to get cold again. You know, although although as much as I like living in Pittsburgh, our weather sucks. Yeah. Um, it's just like. Like we will, the way it's been going is like we'll get, like it it'll be winter like October November yeah. till like March July. April now, <laughs> and it fluctuates in temperature. So sometimes it'll be nice out, sometimes it'll be cold. It'll be snowing one day, it'll be sunny the yeah. next, wow. and uh, and then it goes straight into like summer basically. So we don't even really get like the spring you know, fall aspect too much anymore. Oh, really? That's a newer thing, huh? Yeah. 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 I was in, um, where was I last year in, um, not Dallas. I was in Dallas, but I was also in, um, Oklahoma and they have that kind of weather where it's like hot and cold. It's like totally schizophrenic weather and they're kind of used to it, but they said also it's getting more and more kind of craziness in recent years. So there's another thought for consideration. Right, right. I'm just hoping uh, my my birthday is actually ne- next next week, so I'm, uh, oh. I'm I'm hoping the weather is nice by then. Yeah, well, you might get you know a nice day for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's not bad being locked up when it's cold. You, you don't feel, you don't feel it as much. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that we're all supposed to stay inside, you know, kind of like just helps the helps the factor, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got the lockdown over there in Pittsburgh? Yeah, they're they're pretty much telling us to to stay inside. They aren't like you know, I guess pulling people over and stuff, but they're definitely advising us to wear masks when we go out. Only go out like if we have to. And now they're telling us to like avoid the supermarkets uh, if we if we can. So I'm I'm hoping this blows over by you know June. I know um, things can, get, can start to get back to normal. Yeah. So what about um? Uh, so you've seen the film? Yes. All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when did you see it? I saw it uh, recently. Oh, cool. Okay. We're sort of playing with the idea of having a little black carpet premiere for it on Zoom, but I'm not quite sure if the uh, facilitators are going to be able to orchestrate that but i thought that could be fun to just invite whoever to come to a little a digital premiere but we'll see if that works that would be awesome i would love to do that yeah because it's i think it's screening on the 28th or it's streaming on the 28th so i'm not quite sure how that would work but it would sort of coincide with that date i guess right so that could be, right i've done that before yeah that would be awesome. I, I'm I'm actually like a huge, huge, huge fan of your work. I, I, I have like a whole like list of, of questions to ask you. My first question for you is what got you interested in film? I, I, I used to go to this art house cinema when I was a kid all the time because my mom used to sell candies there. So I just saw all of these old movies, black and white films, you know, it was like, a mad fan of Shirley Temple 
Um, and, you know, then saw a lot of the classics there too, you know, even like um, Clockwork Orange, you know, like some crazy films that they used to screen at this art house cinema. And so I think, you know, it was a window to other worlds and a window to the magic of cinema. Um, and, you know, what could be more exciting to a young person than this idea of being an actress in Hollywood. So I had this kind of fun idea about that. And also my grandmother had moved to Los Angeles in her later years. So I had this idea of, of spending time here, that there was someone I knew in America, and that sort of was a seed to, to the actual move to get on the plane and, and come and uh, start the adventure. Very cool. I, I actually uh, went to school for screenwriting, and I have uh, two things published on Amazon, and I've, I've uh, won a few film festivals and, and stuff. And uh, yeah. be, before this this whole mess happened, the plan was to you know be saving up to to move out to the LA area as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't seem to change. <laughs> <laughs> It's still a lot of crazy people that are here pursuing their dreams, you know, some crash and burn, but, you know, they go for it. Others, you know, get to some point and then others just get very cynical. So it, it seems to be the same story. Right. Um, even now. Yeah. Um, I, I'm still willing to, to give them, give it my all. So. Yeah. Well, um, that's the thing, Great. You know, I feel like, you know, if, if things are destined to happen, they, they will. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm definitely the type that looks at the glass half full. So great. You know, yeah. That's I'm, the I'm way all to for it. it. My next question for you is did, I mean, you, you've done a lot of more, more genre, I guess, lenient type films of the horror and sci-fi genre. And um, I was wondering when you first started out as an actress, did you ever see yourself kind of, falling into like those those genres specifically not really no i remember there was some debate at the time with my agency about whether i should do silent hill you know there was some in the camp and some against it at that time and you know it was something that interested me so that was sort of the introduction i guess to that to that world i had made actually my very first one of my second American film was a little movie that I produced called Everything Put Together, which was a kind of a psychological drama but had a an edge to it, sort of Roman. It was a little bit Rosemary's Baby-ish. Um, so there was a little bit of this sense of thriller horror in suburbia in that story. Um, and I think just the collective experiences of, of real life and trauma and you know, just the um, the reality of, of of living, I think, can be channeled into into the intensity of, of a horror or a thriller. You know, just that sort of experience. And there's something, uh, you know, for the reasons that we go to see those movies, like you do feel a little bit more alive when you're on edge. You know, there's this kind of uncomfortable space where you, your senses are fully engaged, and you get that experience. Uh, when you when you're making these kinds of movies as well, so was that an intention? No, but I've actually uh, enjoyed the genre <laughs> definitely. Well, you definitely uh, played very very well. 
And in fact, Silent Hill is is one of my um, all time favorite movies that that I, you star in. I'm a huge fan of the games. Like when when the second one came out, I was like so excited because you know it was like it was literally like for how much time like passed in between like the first and the second, I I thought they they followed it up beautifully. And the fact that I just recently heard uh, the director writer-director was talking about doing like a third i wanted to get your opinion because the fact that you you had you know a, a continuing role with your character from the first one and the second one that basically really set it up to have sean bean like come find you in the next one can you you know say anything about it i haven't heard anything about that but i'm gonna check in with christoph and see what's going on you know actually i've been thinking about that because it would be fun to sort of show up again. And it is a, you know, it's, there's so much space for what can happen in Silent Hill. You know, there's so many chapters. So it's a very interesting, you know, potential extended franchise. And I keep forgetting how long ago it was that we made the film. But um, but it's, it's definitely stayed in people's consciousness. And a lot of people tell me it's one of their favorite films. And, and I guess they're people that are kind of fans of the game, but also it, it's particularly the first film is just visually stunning and, and is transportive, like takes you to another place. Definitely. Absolutely. And, you know, like I have a lot of issues with like video game movies of really today because I, I feel like they they try to make it like a video game instead of adapting a video game into a movie. If that yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But I actually just watched. Have you seen 1917, the movie? Yes. That, yes. And I was. This is a video game. I just watched it last night. I'm like, this is a total video game. Like, what was your experience of it when you saw it? I saw it in theaters and uh, with my dad. And my dad's like a, like a big big war movie nut. Westerns, war movie nut. Uh, that that's where I get I get my my passion for those movies. And um, yeah. We we were like on the edge of our seat like the whole time. It, but, it was, but I mean, it feels like I mean that it's a lot of it's like held in one shot. It's kind of adventure after adventure. He meets character after character, and they're constantly in that you know state of alert. Right. It, it, it feels like a super sophisticated video game to me. So yeah, that, I guess my point, if I have a point here, is that <laughs> there, there, can, there can be there can be an emotional, you know, profound engagement in that kind of a journey, you know, even like a video game is what I mean. Absolutely. The second uh, favorite film really that uh, I want to talk about of yours is Pitch Black. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, That movie is is awesome. There's so many stars in that that, you know, co-star with you. I mean, besides working with Vin Diesel, Cole Hauser has always been one of my, you know, I, I thought is, is a really underrated actor. And yeah. um, I'm a huge, huge Keith David fan um, way oh, yeah. back, you know, from working with Sean Carpenter. What was your overall experience like working on that film? And, you know, did, did you realize when you read the, the script that there, w- there would be other like Riddick movies to follow? Well, I mean, I think they were definitely, they were thinking that. I mean, there was that one movie. And I think of all the people, Vin really 
had a real careerist attitude about the film and what it could do for him as an actor, you know, as an action star. He'd come out of the world of, he'd been making films, but he'd also been a bouncer and a personal trainer. And he had this real kind of mindset. And then, you know, the writer director, and he had a kind of issues while we were in the shoot, but then they continued to work together through the whole franchise, which is interesting. Like they had a really interesting kind of dynamic. But um, for me, it was my second movie or third, yeah, third movie, but second American film. Um, and I just remember they gave me like a, a paycheck, <laughs> like a real paycheck. I was like, oh, my. that was a big deal. Um, just seeing those, the money and then the responsibility of it um, and the energy between all of us, it really felt like we were shooting a serious drama, although we were in spacesuits and, you know, in outer space. But the level of intensity from those actors, the level of commitment, um, every, you know, they were taking, everything was taken quite seriously. Um, and I think that that's why people kind of engage with the story because it's, you know, extreme and extraordinary, but it also functions as, as a very intense drama. Um, and Cole Hauser, we were all kind of young actors at the time. Um, I, I don't know. I hate the word underrated. He's definitely a super talented actor. Um, and, yeah, you, you can see that in the film as well. Um, Keith just got through, I mean, there was a bit of drudgery, obviously, as there is in any shoot, and there was a lot of kind of emotional intensity and personal stuff that was going on between everybody um, dealing with that. But he would just sing his way through the day. Like, I don't know if you know anything about him, but in between takes, he just sings. Um, so I kind of took that from him in, you know, in later projects for myself. Like, if the thing gets a bit much, I'll just seeing a song and it's it kind of lightens my energy and the energy around me and from then I learned how much of performance is physical like he was always like prepping between takes doing push-ups and he's really kind of got this spirit of a team leader so everybody was pushing doing push-ups and you know keeping this real physicality so that there was always a sense of urgency in the scenes and a sense that people were kind of had actually been running. And um, that was like the physical side of what was going on. Awesome. And, and I, I definitely know what you mean by it's, it's also like a, a drama as well. Yeah. The, the character dynamics that are, that are going on, you know, in the situation that all those, characters are thrown into you know people start to show themselves for who they are and then i always like felt bad when you know your your character you know went through everything that she went through you know yeah only to get you know <laughs> eaten by the, the monsters at the end i know and i remember thinking how how cool i get to die at the end how cool how cool but I wasn't thinking, oh, I should really live because this could be a franchise. Right. But, you know, I wasn't smart in that sense. Um, and I was totally into dying at the end of that movie, but for more reasons than one. <laughs> but certainly because, you know, to me it seemed like a super, you know, an iconic moment for me to, like, die on camera and be eaten, you know, dragged off by the monster. But, yeah, from a more business perspective, not the smartest thing to do if you can not die at the end of the movie. So these are the things we learn. <laughs> <laughs> well, still, it, it was it was definitely um, 
very very iconic scene and it, it was, I was actually watching an interview with uh, Queen Latifah, and oh, yeah. she said in the interview that she had to get it like stated in her contract that she wouldn't die <laughs> in, on on screen anymore because like yeah. she was she was getting like really awesome roles, but she yeah. was like dying in all the movies. And but but the one thing she said was she specifically mentioned the film uh, "Set It Off." And how she had like a really iconic death scene in that, and I, I definitely want to say since that that film's definitely you know a drama as well, you know like your your death scene and Queen Latifah's death scene, and set it off are, in my opinion, equally iconic. Yours oh. probably a little more iconic just because of the type of movie, but equally yeah. iconic. I mean, it's good to be well rehearsed because you just never know when you're actually going to die, right? So, right. you know, done that a few times. It's funny, even now, like, we, you know, we made the movie The Crazies, which was all about the virus. And so it's funny to be, like, living out, you know, this version of the story. Right, right. There is so much space for anticipation in, in sci-fi and in these kinds of movies where we kind of anticipate what could happen, what might happen, and... As actors, I guess we do get to rehearse these scenarios on some level. It is so strange. I mean, you couldn't invent a stranger one than the one we're in now, though, I guess. Right, right. But I think that's actually a perfect segue because that's another movie I wanted to talk to you about. But before we go into that, I just want to mention, you know, me, me being in Pittsburgh, you know, home of George Romero. I actually have uh, George, George Romero's desk. What? Yeah. Wow. How'd you get that? My mom uh, went to an estate sale at wow. Christine Romero's house. And George and uh, Christine had just, I guess, gotten divorced. And uh-huh. Christine, who is actually um, the inspiration for Stephen King's novel, Christine, basically was selling off like all this merchandise and stuff. So... My mom actually got to the house like basically after the major, you know, wave came and took most of the good stuff. And um, she, I needed a desk because I was starting my um, freshman year at, at Point Park University for screenwriting. And um, yeah. she got me the desk. She got me a couple of his original screenplays, some posters, Whoa. some action figures like from the 70s and uh, like some other stuff. And I've been writing my screenplays on George Romero's desk. And one of the screenplays that I have published on Amazon is actually a zombie comedy that I'm I'm turning into a, a cartoon series that's basically yeah. spoofing George Romero's movies. Oh, great. Yeah. I, so your mom was a fan or she? Knew no, not at all. But 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 she knew I was. Wow. I was going to say, was that just weird coincidence that she ended up there? <laughs> She knew she, what she was doing. She, yeah. she knew what she was doing. And it's it's honestly, it's like a really nice desk, too. It's like a big, like, wooden oak desk. I was going to say, is it some, like, Ames desk or something? Or, like, what is it? Is it 1940s? <laughs> what kind yeah, of it desk? has to be, like, 1940s. 1940s. Yes. Wow. Yes. Um, cool. That's amazing. Yeah. That's a, I didn't realize he was, they were Pittsburgh people. I didn't even put that together. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, sort of got to know a little, you know, a bit about his work, just having done the crazies and just getting a sense of his, you know, political 
vision as an artist and as a you know cult filmmaker, I guess. Um, so there was a sense of responsibility in making the crazies, like let's not mess this up. And I think they did a good job. I, I think it's sort of of his movies more uh, from the gut, you know, in their lower budget and off the cuff kind of filmmaking, but conceptually high concept. And in the crazies, the remake, I guess we got to add some money to the budget and continue with the story. And, and it definitely, you know, already gone off. Um, yeah, there was definitely an intention to to be true to the politics of where he was coming from. Oh, okay. okay. I have two closer questions. What are some of your upcoming projects and what are some of your favorite films? Okay, so the upcoming project uh, obviously is Dreamcatcher, which is um, opening on the 28th. It's going to stream on all digital platforms. So excited about that because I'm one of the producers of the film. So, you know, kind of intimately connected to the process of it. And another movie coming out called Two Hearts later in the year, which is more a sort of, it's like a inspirational story of how two lives have kind of coincided through this tragedy and it becomes something kind of beautiful. That's a strange kind of way to explain it, but that's as much as I could say right now. Oh, my favorite films. Um, Bambi. <laughs> Um, what else is my favorite film? I've always loved this movie, Cat People, The Hunger. Um, those, those are two of like some of my all-time favorite yeah. 80s, 80s horror movies. Yeah, The Lover. I don't know if you remember that. It's like a 90s romance drama. It's hard to say because, uh, you know, um, what is it? Bonjour Tristesse is a French 60s movie. I really like Man on Fire. Am I allowed to say that? It's one of my movies. Uh, that's, that's actually <laughs> one I really wanted to talk to you about. But... Um, uh, so, so you can absolutely say it, and uh, we will say. Has anyone ever said that? Has anyone ever said their favorite movie is one of their movies? And what I'm just thinking of most recently. Oh, most recently I watched and thought it was really interesting. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I don't know if you've seen that. No, I haven't. Yeah, it's it's a French movie. It's sort of it's very beautifully shot and kind of it's it's really interesting. Actually, worth taking a look at. I, I will definitely check it out. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well, okay. Brada, thank you so much for taking the time to swim in the bowl with me. Uh, yeah. Even though we had to cut it short, that sorry really, that. it's it's totally all right. Uh, technical technical difficulties happen. Um, <laughs> and uh, it just it just leaves more more room for a longer round two. Okay, great. Well, great, and good luck. I'm so jealous of your Romero table. <laughs> thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Okay, bye. Thank bye. you. Bye.